0: Good morning. It's just me here. And you. The uh, co-pilot's chair is empty today, I'm afraid. Matt is, uh, traveling in the world. Well, and... That's redundant. I don't, I don't think you could be traveling not in the world. You could be traveling on another world. He's not doing that. Uh, but he's, he's somewhere uh, fascinating. Uh, he's gone to Iceland. Pretty amazing. Looking forward to hearing about that. Um, I'm glad to have you here, though. Uh, today we have a special day. While we sit in our uh, what-if spaceship awaiting our delivery of... Um, slightly delayed, uh, lemon-soaked paper napkins. I want to follow up on, uh, last week's show about UFOs and move into another territory, alien abduction. As I expected, we got a lot of feedback from last week's show. Um, UFOs stir the pot and the Twitter, uh, which I like, um, UFOs, it's uh, certainly a topic I've been passionate about. Uh, On both sides, positive feelings and negative feelings. Um, Very positive feelings towards the aliens. Hey, I got nothing against you. If you're coming to get me, I am saying nothing but positive things about you. Um, Welcome to What The If. This is uh, the show where, uh, if you haven't heard it before, uh, welcome. We, um, what we do here is... uh, it's like a what if show, of which there are some others, uh, also fine programs, um, where we take a we right we ask what if and something strange and we follow it forward some idea. Here the goal is to learn science. Um, again, not unique, but I am unique. Matt is also unique. Together we are some square root or cubed uniqueness throw you in the mix and it's it's just off the charts um we put a the in what the if we put the the there because we have very strong feelings about it i mean this is not just what the if uh, excuse me it's not just what if uh smoking a pipe sitting in the uh, lounge by the fireplace nice as that could be and saying, what if, what if, what if? Matthew, and uh, uh, what, what would you say if, uh, what if there were no gravity? Uh, instead, we say, what the if? There's no gravity. I have very strong feelings about it. Or I have very strong feelings about this. I don't mean to be negative, especially at this holiday time. I hope you're having a great holiday. This week... Because it's just me here. Um, I'm going to follow up on um, a tweet we got from someone who I can't tell if they're joking. This is the funny thing about Twitter. Are you joking? I don't know. But they said they were abducted by aliens. Okay. And uh, let me see exactly what did he say. This is uh, Jay, if you're out there. uh, Shout out to Jay. I appreciate your... um, you know, having a conversation with me on Twitter, um, at what the if show that's our uh, Twitter account. Check it out. And, uh, I posted a poll, what the if show on Twitter posted a poll, um, that said, do you believe in aliens? Uh, sorry. Did you, do you believe aliens are abducting people into their UFOs? And there were several funny options and serious options for you to choose. Um, Jay uh, tweeted me and said, um, I have been taken on, I'm quoting Jay now, I have been taken on alien ships to very distant planets, with some like our own and others, and have seen the most beautiful things in the universe countless times. Our time is about to come, I was told. <laughs> Whoa. Jay, you freaked me out. Um, at this point, I, I, I have to say I'm glad I'm a skeptic, so I'm not totally freaked out uh, like I would be when I was a kid if I got a tweet like that or saw something like that on TV, like on my favorite show in search of. Um, I, and here's what he says. I have known aliens since I was a child, and I am afraid of them. They are all puzzled as to why some humans are afraid of them. Afraid of them. So the aliens are puzzled as to why some humans are afraid of them. And the unknown. Why are humans afraid of the unknown, the aliens wonder. And I also wonder... (laughs) Jay, I'm sorry to mangle your words. Jay says, I also wonder why. Jay wonders why are we afraid of humans and why are we afraid of the unknown. Jay says, a lot of us have alien DNA in us. Whoa! (laughs) And this is why we're hardly aging, with our bodies slightly different. I'm not sure what that means. Hardly aging. I think we're all aging. Mm, i not sure, but but a lot of us have alien DNA in us. That's a pretty clear statement. I hear you. I hear you, Jay. I said, um, "Do you have pictures?" I mean, he's Jay says. I have been taken on alien spaceships to very distant planets, some like our own, and others not. And I have seen the most beautiful things in the universe countless times. Take a picture, Jay. Jay, please. Give us a picture. The most beautiful things in the universe. You've seen them. You're keeping it to yourself. I said, have you taken any pictures? Jay said, no. "Quote: No, they always beam me up at night. Beam me up. There's a Star Trek thing there. Um, I don't know. If they're using a Star, a Star Trek type transporter with the guy pulling the the knobs down like it's an audio mixer. And, but if he struggles with it. It's like really hard to pull. Like if you pull the knobs the wrong way on Star Trek, somehow that might mean part of your body is lost." Pretty scared. That guy, whoever that is, should get a very high salary. I would give him a serious bonus every time I returned. Um, A big tip. I'd be a big tipper on the transporter on the Enterprise. Um, Let's get back to Jay. Jay says, no, they beam me. Uh, Oh, I said, do you have any pictures? Jay says, no, they they always beam me up at night when I least expect it. When you least expect it. Expect. I think that was on uh, Happy Days, a fine program, where the Malachi Brothers, the Malachi Brothers, with the Malachi Crunch, they were uh, <laughs> what do you call that, demolition derby <laughs> team that went up against the Fonz or something. I'm, I'm really mangling this history of uh, Happy Days as well. But uh, one time on Happy Days, I'm pretty sure there was somebody who said, when you least expect it, expect And this is what the aliens said to Jay. So Jay got a Star Trek reference um, and a Happy Days reference. Interesting. Jay says, no, uh, again, I said, did you take any pictures? Okay. Jay says, no, they always beam me up at night when I least expect it. And at the speed which they travel is unbelievable. A little typo there. He says, the speed they travel at, at uh, the speed they travel at is unbelievable. A picture of the odometer would be fantastic. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, my problem with this uh, is, is, I'm sure, like yours. I think if you're listening to this show, maybe you have the same take as I do, maybe not. Um, do you believe? I am genuinely curious. Do you believe in... in which, what's your take? I mean, do you believe is a, a broad question that seems to imply a simple answer, of which there is none. You know, what's your take on aliens and abduction? Alien abduction, aliens at all, UFOs. Um, I think everyone is in agreement scientists, all the way down to um, fabulists, magical thinkers, that uh, aliens are out there. This an interesting uh, thing, I, th- I think, if you probably know, but uh, the mathematics imply that the number of stars. And the number of planets we are now finding around stars implies an unbelievable number of places where life could arise, and and in the nearly 14 billion years of the universe uh, probably has. Uh, Anyway, very exciting concept. Practically, we end up talking about it each week. I think about it all the time. I don't know. Do you think about it as much as me? If you've listened this far, I think you probably You You probably do. So here's the thing. I wish this were true. (laughs) I so wish this were true. How, I mean, not only uh, is it cool to know there are aliens out there. Look, that would be, honestly, I, I would be excited. I would start to be excited by the notion that we found fossil evidence that there had been life Three billion years ago or anything on Mars. Microbial. Whatever. Would be amazing. The amazing discovery would tell us a lot. Certainly, intelligent beings out there would be awesome. SETI. I donate to SETI. You, you, you may as well if you don't. Hey, why not? Give him a little tip. Search for ex- extraterrestrial intelligence. Seth Jostek. Jill Chart. Um. Out in Mountain View, check them out. S-E-T-I dot uh, Right? But here, imagine the convenience of not only knowing, seeing evidence or hearing evidence, in the case of SETI, perhaps radio evidence, um, or visual SETI. We, there's another program looking for uh, visual evidence, perhaps flashing lights, something like that, where they're communicating with each other. Lasers for communication, who knows? Cool stuff. But the convenience of saying, hey, they're here. I can see them in their UFOs. Okay, that's one thing. Even if we could greet them, you know, maybe like Close Encounters. (laughs) the beginning, of uh, most of Close Encounters, where we only see them, hear them, and so forth. But they come down, and unlike Close Encounters, we don't need to build a gigantic secret government base uh, at Devil's Tower in Wyoming, which, by the way, if you ever get a chance to go to Devil's Tower, awesome, even if even if it were not in Closing quarters, it would be amazing. It's, it's surrounded in the trees around it. I think it's on a, um, it might be on a Native American reservation or there aren't. Native Americans still in residence around there. And um, the trees are full of uh, artifacts, uh, religious objects, new, not ancient. There may be ancient, too. That'd be kind of cool. But, uh, you know, the the Native Americans go and they pray to think, you know, have great reverence for this, uh, basically, frozen solid core of an ancient volcano. Amazing. Anyway, super cool. Go there. I went there and I um, on my cell phone uh, played. My ringtone was as is my want. The theme from Close Encounters. You know it. Hear it in your head. Won't sing it. Five notes. I played that on my cell phone. Nerd. So the convenience of imagine having aliens come and get you. Hey, we'll pick you up. We'll pick you up. Look, we'll come to your place. Don't, we, you don't even, don't even have to be awake. Look, don't worry about it. Take a nap. Go to sleep. We'll get you. And don't worry. We won't embarrass you. Uh, your neighbors won't know. If you want to tell them afterwards... That's your business. Um, we're kind of uh, secretive. I mean, we we want to bring you aboard, uh, Jay, and others like you, uh, who have been so privileged. We want to bring you aboard, show you the whole thing. We might touch you. That's a whole other thing. We'll get there in a second. So it's up to you whether you enjoy the touching part. Very controversial. Um, but hey, look, we'll come pick you up. I mean, you don't even um, imagine if you could get on, like, I'm going to fly JetBlue to Seattle. To do that, I got to, right, you got to pack for one thing, because you're going. Um, you got to take the subway or the bus or a taxi to the airport, which is generally an awful place, although John F. Kennedy, Terminal 5, JetBlue, highly recommend it, excellent sushi. If you've ever seen the movie Terminal by Steven Spielberg, one of his lighter, lesser movies perhaps with Tom Hanks, but a delight, a delightful little panache. Anyway, it takes place in a terminal which, which looks very much like it was modeled on Terminal 5. It's, it's like one of those modern, pleasant ones. But still not as convenient as if the JetBlue plane, it didn't even have to, it didn't like pull up in my driveway and I had to, you know, uh, put on my coat and my hat and, and uh, pop the wheelie, my wheelie bag, the handle up and go through the door and across, you know, out to the curb. I mean, the JetBlue plane would fly over my house or apartment building as we have in Big old New York City. The jet blue plane would fly over the building, hover invisibly, because, you know, if this spaceship is coming to pick up Jay and his friends, who all somehow got the golden ticket to be picked up by aliens, if the ship hovers over his house and beams him up, probably with a Spotlight, uh, that's how I always imagine it. That's how we see it in the movie Close Encounters and other UFO movies. Um, Especially, you know, Spielberg uh, loves the lighting effects, the fog, fog the room, fog the forest. We see those awesome light beams. J.J. Abrams following up on that now. But the neighbors don't see. This has continued to blow my mind. So, Let's just say they're in another dimension. Uh, that seems like a pretty good excuse. And maybe they are. Who knows? So, um, we don't have any evidence for it. I'm just posing the question. Um, as Neil Tyson's, <laughs> one of my favorite uh, phrases from Neil deGrasse Tyson is, you should be open-minded, but not so open-minded that your brain falls out. He's got away with words. Um, The jet blue plane comes to pick me up. I'm going to fly to Seattle. I got a flight. It's a night flight because uh, they don't generally come in the daytime. This is what we've seen. I don't know why. I mean, I guess it helps with the secrecy. Although (laughs) there are people who get picked up in, 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 um, there are abductees, uh, uh, so-called self-described alien abductees who live in New York City and other cities. so somehow these, these ships are able to come at night. I mean, that it, it's not very dark here. And if there were a hovering craft of any kind, even a helicopter, um, everybody knows, right? And what's going on down there, uh, Jay's place, check it out. Um, so the JetBlue plane, bound for Seattle, comes over my house, hovers, beams me up with some unknown technology, also awesome. Jay, take a picture. I mean, I don't want this technology to get into the wrong hands. Some people believe it already has. These are a little bit, uh, interesting people, eccentric people, but, uh, um, you know, beam me up technology. Useful. Um, so they beam me up into JetBlue I suppose my seat is there. Maybe I get, I'm I'm going to assume I get beamed up right into my seat. And, uh, do I have to put the seatbelt on? Um, or am I beamed up into it with the seat? I'm, I'm going to, if they have this advanced technology, JetBlue is beaming me up. Into my seat with the seatbelt on the table down and a martini waiting. Um, and an iPad. And a good pair of Bose noise-canceling headphones. And away we go. Now, do we pick up other people along the way? I mean, that's... Right? I mean, this flight is carrying 200-ish, 250 people. Um, on a, one of the... I mean, an inter, international flight would be even more. 500 people. Um, 747's got to hover over... So, so this is a problem. This is one reason why we all... Go and gather. Maybe we humans are not as dumb as we think. Everybody goes and gathers at the same place at the airport. They get in line. They push and shove. Um, they step over children to get into the plane first. So they can get to their seat, which is the same seat they would add anyway, right? You know the deal. So they can get their bag up on the thing. Oh, when I get abducted, do I need to bring luggage? It seems like we don't. They provide everything. And also, it's sounds like it's it's a overnight flight. Or they can stop time. Another thing. Pretty cool. I don't know if you could take a picture of that. I'm guessing it would just look like a picture. Video. Yeah, I'm not sure. When when you stop time, you don't see it. So anyway. Um contact as an interesting the movie contact as a and, and the book, uh, I assume. But the movie has a great take on that. No spoilers. So uh Jay, when you get picked up, did they go to other Houses and pick people up too, or were you all still asleep? They might have done that. That's like super convenient. You don't have to be annoyed by like stopping at two hundred houses or a hundred houses, whatever it is. Fly, hover, even at the great speed they're talking about, beam, stopping and beaming me up. If if these people are all doing it safely and they're not bumping into the ceiling or whatever it is, um, somehow they're getting beamed up. You know, out of their bed, so the the covers aren't coming with them. Uh, <laughs> the, right, it's a perfect beam up as, as they do on Star Trek, which is a television show made up, but uh, great one, right? And they go and they're picking up 200 people. Boom. And yeah, they fly at incredible speed. Anyway, you're all asleep. So maybe that's why you think it's incredible speed. Ah, that's the sleeping part. are you groggy afterwards? I'm curious. Now, let me pause here and say that uh, I have actually uh, met people who believe genuinely Uh, that they were abducted by aliens. I got to uh, work on a documentary, uh, which I do. Um, I got to edit a documentary um, some years ago. I think it was 2005-ish, 12 years ago or so, called Seeing is Believing. I think I mentioned it uh, last week and and maybe in some other other episodes. It was at uh, ABC News. Um, I worked at ABC News for a long time, on and off. Uh, Didn't get to do, or uh, frankly want to do, I I didn't do the nightly news. Um, Sometimes I would do short stories for the news magazines, but often I would work on long documentaries. And um, Peter Jennings, who was the uh, anchor and executive editor, whatever it was, uh, the head of the news department, as part of his contract, as, as I guess a number of them Uh, a number of the leading news people do. He, he got his own company, uh, kind of like a separate company, uh, I suppose, you know, part of ABC, but basically his own division, um, now called Peter, now called the documentary group, um, after he passed away. Uh, sadly, actually the thing I was, this program about UFOs I worked on was one of the very last, um, that he did. He actually got sick, um, while we were making the show. Sadly, passed away of lung cancer shortly after. Um, but uh, I worked on it editing-wise, I think, for about six months. And the people who made the show, you know, uh, the producers and, and so forth, um, archival people and all that, uh, probably, it was probably a year or two years, maybe longer. Um, intensive amount of research. Hundreds of interviews Extraordinary amount of uh, tape recorded, as we did then, uh, interviews, and they did incredible interviews with all kinds of people, scientists, uh, people who had seen UFOs, who reported their stories, and we kind of used animation to um, illustrate them. Amazing animation, by the way. Look for this show. It's called uh, Seeing is Believing seeing is believing colon UFOs <laughs> uh, with Peter Jennings, ABC. Um, I'm quite sure it's still online. It was uh, actually shown on ABC and uh, National Geographic. One of the first shows, by the way, broadcast in high definition. So, uh, and widescreen. Uh, so um, here's the thing. I love UFOs. Oh my God. I love it. I mean, I, I'm sitting here criticizing it and yet, and yet I'm like, so cool. There we go. Um, And uh, grew up very skeptical. I mean, I I grew up with Carl Sagan. Again, perhaps like a lot of you. Uh, I think if you're a listener to this show, it's like, we're taking fantastic fun ideas, but we're acknowledging that they are made up. But we get to have fun and say, hey, what if that was true? Let's try to try to merge that with real science. Here's here's the way the world would really work. Then we say, what if we only change one thing about reality, as far as we see it, from a scientific, skeptical, rational person' point of view. We get to change one thing. We get to have fun. We do that, and by doing that, we actually learn a lot of science. Mm. Or in this case, maybe you're going to learn a lot of uh, comedy Oh no! Uh, uh, and a little bit, here's a little bit about how science documentaries are made, a little behind the scenes. Uh, I also got to make a, do- a documentary about Einstein, which is an unbelievable opportunity. I love both of these projects because I love science. I do other kind of documentaries too, but, but these are really special to me. So I, w- I got hired. I couldn't believe my luck. I got hired on a documentary about, well, originally... The program was not called Seeing is Believing, which is actually a good title. I think that, that's the thing. If you see it, you believe it. Um, nonetheless, the, the original, the working title was Life in the Universe or Searching for Life in the Universe, something like that. It was going to have a slightly more sober tone, um, which ended up being more about <laughs> UFOs. Um, nonetheless, sharp, precise, focus scientific analysis, breakdown, debunking, rationalizing, uh, finding the truth, the truth, truth, not the Stephen Greer disclosure truth, um, which I don't believe, I'm I'm just saying, I don't see the evidence, but uh, including, by the way, the Roswell story, which um, if you don't know, I think I've noticed I've mentioned this story to a lot of people, this documentary to a lot of people, and I'm not sure everyone has seen it or knows the the full breakdown of the Roswell story, it is amazing. It was a secret government project, um, but it was sort of like a giant weather balloon slash kite thing with all kinds of reflectors hanging on a long tail of the weather balloon that was meant to, to spy on uh, Russian, to see what the Russians were doing, whether they were, I don't know. Uh, doing whatever atmospheric research or weaponry and um, it blew up and it crashed and it was really just sticks and uh, aluminum foil and uh, or tin foil maybe in those days and tape that had some funny symbols on it and stuff like that Um, anyway it's an amazing story look it up so there was a chapter on um, there about 10 chapters or acts as we call them, like Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. I think Act 10 was abduction. And for this segment, um, a number of people, including uh, my old buddy uh, Justin Weinstein um, and some of the other producers there, interviewed, first they found, through great research, and, and, and then polite coaxing, I, I think got people to you know go on camera um some of them with their faces hidden and others not you you watch this documentary and you, there's some people there they're like yeah i saw you uh, i was abducted here i am they went on camera and they were interviewed in sensitive fashion to get their stories um followed up by uh interviews with uh, scientists uh, researchers at um, Harvard who did a well-known uh, in-depth study about the phenomenon uh, and uh, described what it was, um, what they think it was, which seems pretty clear. It's it's uh, sleep apnea. I don't know. It's happened to me. If it ever happened to you, you wake up, but you're not Awake yet, you're like still in the dreaming state or something like that. Your body is immobilized. So that you don't act out your dreams. It's too bad because if you acted out your dreams, your dreams would come true. Maybe if you had your eyes open. Anyway, uh you can't move and and this is a well-known thing. It can happen while you're under stress. Some people are more prone to it. It could happen all the time. It can happen to children. children especially don't obviously understand it and find it terrifying, and you have a sensation of other b.A uh, being or other beings being uh, being around you around the bed, looking at you in the past, there were mythical creatures like the homunculus. Um, and we have some great illustrations of that in the in the documentary. Um, and today, they sort of become aliens have stood in for the place of this imaginary mythical dream experience that people have but that many or some people who have this experience they don't they don't see they, they don't accept that um explanation sleep apnea uh which is also the getting the term right i actually think they call it sleep apnea but uh, there's also that thing where you wake up just stop breathing. Um, anyway, they, they don't accept any of this literally down-to-earth explanation. So down-to-earth that it's in your bed. Um, but uh, they think aliens, that's it. Aliens are real, and the experience was so real to them. And in addition, they don't... Uh, I'm just going to say they don't have the critical facilities to... Um, or the desire, I think, to want to quote, explain the situation in some other fashion. Right? Again, how effing cool, what the f? the if (laughs) I would like to uh, have this be real. Uh, The scary bit, yeah, hey, no pain, no gain, you know? So, um, In the documentary, they also show that they're not, um, these people who describe themselves as alien abductees aren't. And Peter actually says this at the beginning of the show, at the beginning of the the chapter, Peter Jennings says this, because I think maybe he doesn't want you to just write this off right from the bat, you know, give them an open shot, have an open mind, but not so open that your mind falls out, your brain falls out. Um, they're not mentally ill. Um, they're perfect, as this one woman says, they are perfectly normal people. They're just like you and me, but they have seen something incredible. Now, they're not like me in the sense that, and I haven't had that experience. Well, I have, like I said, I've had I've had that experience of waking up and, um, anyway, I have not had a vivid alien abduction experience. God darn it, give it. Where do I, if, Jet, if JetBlue starts offering that, I'm there. Um, you know, I would trade in Miles. I would trade in my Miles for uh, to be abducted by an alien. The probing, as I said, we'll get to that maybe in a little bit. Uh, the medical stuff that they do to you, no thanks. But if it's necessary, it's necessary. I'm going to pull back the curtain now a little bit. Not the Well, you could say it this way, but I I didn't mean the the curtain between first class and coach on the plane. I mean the curtain of uh, documentary and news, uh, well, let's say say documentary, uh, long form, uh, documentary editing, a UFO slash alien abduction program. I grew up on these shows. I love them. As I said, I can go all the way back to being so scared and yet drawn to endlessly the stories of, um, I believe it's Bernie and I'm not getting these names. Benny and the Hills. Benny and Betty, Bernie and Betty Hill. Um, I believe the case was from the 60s, late 60s. And uh, they were driving in a car. It was one of the early um, stories of these alien abductions. And they had gotten hypnotized and under hypnosis had revealed all these memories about being taken on a spaceship. Communicated with, interviewed, probed, etc. And returned to Earth. Um, But their minds somewhat wiped, but not so wiped that they couldn't remember in hypnosis which i would think if the, the aliens really didn't want us to know about it they they could wipe it out at that level too but they didn't for whatever reason uh-huh. if you believe that so um you just see the image right the image of a car an old car i don't know <laughs> from the 60s in the road stopped in the road in the middle of the woods along empty country road at night The mist blowing through the beams of the headlights of the car and two people frozen in awe awe and terror and wonder, staring at a craft that is parked in the road or hovering above the road or in the woods nearby. What a great image, right? Please. Uh... I've driven across the country a lot and I've driven on a lot of country roads and I've been in the desert a lot and um, geez, come on, aliens. I mean, I'm here, I'm waiting and I know you guys, and I know a lot of people are, maybe that's also part of it. I don't know. I mean, it's like, they're like, yeah, you, you're you too eager. We're not interested in that. You're going to mess up our data. We don't want eager people. I don't know. Eager beavers? No, no, thank you Say the aliens. Um, I don't know, it's weird. So, uh, I got hired by this documentary. I was so excited. And I thought, finally, I'm going to get to know the truth. I am going to get to see the raw footage. I'm going to see and possibly even meet some of the people telling these stories. And um, when you watch the documentaries, here's one feature. Now, as I've got older, I've become less seduced by this kind of thing. But, but, um, And certainly after I worked on this documentary, but um, y- you know the pattern. You know the formula. Here's the mystery. So uh, the program gets to spend some time, maybe most of the time, maybe the first half or even three quarters of the program, um, just painting and having fun creating a basically science fiction um horror uh adventure uh illustrating the stories that the people tell because it is exciting it is compelling it is amazing it's great television. I can watch it all day and night, so cool, and then they bring in the scientists they'll have one act. Uh, like I say, or chapter, as you might call it, um, with some scientists explaining it. And then the show will end with some not direct rebuttal by the um, UFO supporters, uh, the guy with the crazy hair, <laughs> I think on Ancient Aliens, who, that is my favorite meme on the entire internet, the aliens guy. If you know it, you know it. If you don't, know, <laughs> look it up. He's very excited, which I appreciate. I love the passion. Um so so here's here's the sandwich. Uh let's call it three quarters. Um, um living up the story, playing out the what the if, having fun with it, getting into it. Um, uh a little bit less than a quarter uh of a science, um, rebutting the, uh, all these stuff you just saw and giving you rational, um, explanations for it. You know, if you're a true science believer and a real lover of how nature really works and things like that and how psychology really works, you would find that exciting. Most people, I hate to say it, I can't get around the fact that it's depressing. It's like deflating, you know? Um, This amazing story is not being replaced with something equally amazing. Neil deGrasse Tyson might think it's equally amazing. I'm with you. Brother, I want to be there. Um, I want to be as excited by the explanation of sleep apnea. uh, Or that it was a plane. Or a helicopter. Or the moon coming through the clouds. Um, Anyway, that's that. And then they wrap it up. With a garnish, kind of like the rind of cheese. It's not a sandwich. This is a a big slice of cheese. We come to the rind again, which is the pro-UFO, let's call it, uh, um, people saying, No, but this was so amazing, and if it's so important, if this is true, people should be looking into it. Meanwhile, you just had a little chapter of people who've looked into it, who gave explanations... Um, and then you said, nobody's looking at, people really should look into this. Okay, fine. And the show ends on a hint of, we don't know. We don't know, is it real, is it not? As if with so many unfortunate depictions of science or scientific debate on television, it, it presents the, the, quote, two sides as equally legitimate. Hey, And yet. Damn thing is so compelling. I can, you know, I love it. Um, I can't get excited by. You see, interestingly, the anti uh, global warming, uh, the the climate change deniers. Uh, it's interesting. They are, here here the tables are turned because they're the ones now, kind of pooping on the <clears throat> big idea. You know, here here, uh, and I'm going to include myself in this camp. All those of us who believe climate change is human caused and or, you know, seriously affected by human um, industrial development uh, and pollution and all that stuff, um, we're, we're affecting the atmosphere, that um, we're changing the planet, we are destroying the planet, we are telling the comic book adventure story, we're destroying the planet, we have to save the planet, and then you get the people... Now, I don't know if UFO, I can't say UFO believers and alien abduction believers are the same people who are climate deniers, I'm not sure, uh, different. Nonetheless, they're the ones, it's it's interesting to see the anti-rationalists being the, and I gotta say, anti-intellectuals uh, and anti-science people um, or willfully ignorant people uh, just sort of... <laughs> saying, no, 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 there's a rational explanation for it. This is nature. Okay. Um. So, uh, getting back to this, the editing, here's the horrible truth. Get ready, I'm sorry. I go on to this show and I'm like, man, I'm going to get to work on this for about six months or more eight months or something i'm gonna get to watch all the footage i'm going to see all the previous documentaries ever made on ufos i'm going to see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours with hundreds of people science on the full spectrum of belief um and again with science is not about belief it's about evidence what well, is called the spectrum—the spectrum from from believers without evidence to believers because of evidence. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hear the whole thing. I'm gonna get it all laid out in front of me. We even, by the way, we even got to uh, our archival people, uh, researchers came back from Washington once, uh, visiting, I believe, the National Archives, where they brought back copies, like seriously high resolution, basically identical looking copies of the actual original papers from Project Blue Book, the secret research project that the U.S. Air Force ran for a long time. Uh, And there's hilarious stories about that and kind of spooky stories about that uh, in the documentary as well. And You know, here here are the pilot's handwritten uh, reports and drawings of what they saw. So anyway, before I get hired, I'm like, uh, before I start working, I'm like, this is amazing. I mean, I'm going to find out. Because I know, before I go into this show, all, I've grown up on all these documentaries. And I am definitely skeptical. I studied science. I interned at NASA for a little while. Um, I love astronomy. I love Carl Sagan and Cosmos and the Science Museum and all that. Um, and I also love science fiction. But I can separate them. Uh but I figured there's there's a mystery there, right? I mean, there is a mystery. That there's too much evidence. There is too much unexplained. A, you know, that there is a real... I, there's not a poss- I, I don't believe there's a possibility that there's uh, alien creatures flying around in tin cans in the sky, beaming up people from their beds. But... Uh, before I start working on the show, but I'm going to go, you know, I think there's something really mysterious going on, and I want to find out how deep that goes. Because every program I watch is as skeptical, as, as, a, as critical a media watcher as I, I am. Um, and I'm, I'm in my 30s when I'm working on this show. Um, or Yeah. And uh, late 30s, even. So, I'm so excited to go in the first day and I'm like, haha I'm rubbing my hands together. I'm so excited I'm actually at you know I don't know if you've ever had this experience. I hope you do of sometimes getting to work on a job where the what you're doing at the job is like what you would be doing outside of the job <laughs> if you could do anything you wanted, like watching u f o documentaries or uh mm-hmm. learning about you know real astronomy and uh listening to to scientists and uh, and all kinds of stuff um I got to do this. So first day, I sit down. I'm like, okay, this is great. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start watching, and I'm gonna kind of keep in my mind. I'm gonna start building a file in my mind, maybe even on the computer, of all the mysterious stuff. And then at the end, I'm gonna know. At least, I, I, I figure I will make be able to make some opinion of my own. I'll just see where do I feel the story lands. Is the truth out there? What is it? the tr- well, first of all? The truth is out there. By the way, when people say the truth is out there, it is. Choose your truth. No, don't choose your truth. Ask for the evidence. <laughs> so, I—I um, I kid you not. I put the first tape in, and it's um, interviews with these alien abduct- abductees, and um, I start playing it. I'm ready. I'm gonna figure. Look, I'm not gonna make a decision. I, I figure six months is gonna go by. I'm not even by the end. I won't. I still won't be able to know because it's a mystery. It's a mystery. Um, there's so much mysterious evidence. The, the the stories are so compelling. The stories are so consistent. Right? You, you 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 can watch the documentaries and you can see interview after interview after interview. And these are people who don't know each other. They're they they saw things in different time in different decades sometimes in different parts of the world and they tell very consistent things now some of that you might say and i think you'd be correct in saying well you know the media and television and movies and books kind of use these stereotypical images and this is what the people are reporting it's like a feedback loop nonetheless people are reporting these stories right and as we say they're not crazy people i mean they're They are what they are, but they're not like speaking in tongues, (laughs) although sometimes. So, I'm ready. Six months. Here we go. Tape one. Play. Fifteen minutes in, my world falls apart. This is all bogus. This is such crap. Excuse me. This is such smiling poop emoji. The people, when you watch the interviews, if you're fortunate enough to get to see all the dailies, as we call it, the raw footage, the unedited documentary, you can hear the question, you can hear the people answering, and the people answer at great length. And, uh, and you get to know the people a little bit. Now, in 15 minutes, no, I'm not getting to know the people that much, but I'm starting, I, 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 I was shocked that 15 minutes in, I'm seeing what's basically the stuff that doesn't get into the documentaries, in a way, and the stories are inconsistent, the people are a little bit, uh, you can tell they're a little bit, uh, logic isn't their favorite thing. Uh, logic isn't a ruling force in their life, as we like, as I like to think it is, and, and uh, that's the whole thing about what rationalism is. Um. you know, they'll say something. that Then the questioner will ask something. And now these are top-notch ABC News uh, reporters and producers, and just smart people, PhDs, and even and all that. Um, so they're not asking leading questions. They're not, you know, they're not playing with the people. They're not squeezing them for to tell something salacious. And maybe that does happen in other documentaries. It was definitely not happening here, which again is why I was so happy to be working on this project with like real serious journalists. And uh, they, you know, answering this, the questions that people would change their, change the details, sometimes in big ways. I can't go into detail, you know, it would take me a long time. But uh, um, it, suffice to say that 15 minutes later, I was like, the credibility of a lot of the people. Who were um, telling details? Who were basically the only evidence we had? Eyewitness accounts, no eyewitness accounts, even from you know the legitimate—I don't know—more professional observers, like military um, pilots, policemen, stuff like that. Uh, people trained to observe and remember and note details. And sometimes you actually do note them down, literally, uh, or you know, record them or report them. Anyway, um, so just looking at ordinary people right now, lay people telling these stories, and, and they're clearly just like making it up as they go along. Now, now they definitely. I don't mean making it up like uh, totally inventing it out of whole cloth. Right there in the interview, they've told these interviews many times. Most of them have gotten their stories together through, quote, hypnosis. On another show, I could go into that more in more detail if you want. Let me know. Feedback at whattheif.com. Tell me what you think. What do you want to hear more of? What do you believe? So I'd love, I, I'd love to know. Please tell me. What are you thinking right now? Make a mental note. What am I thinking right now? Tweet it. What the If show on Twitter. Or email feedback at whattheif.com. So, I did continue for six months more, and I kept hoping, I mean, I kid you not, every day, I went to work hoping, or every time I put a new tape in, or, you know, hit play on the new stuff that had been digitized into the hard drive, um, to watch a new interview, and and so forth. Um, I really was like, give me (laughs) the... Give me something, I'm just like, whoa. Um, Now, the thing that got this all going last week, uh, the spurred Matt and I to to discuss this topic, UFOs, was that this awesome belief, uh, not belief, awesome revelation that uh, Department of Defense uh, has been investigating again. UFOs, which I think is fantastic. I don't think that's a waste of money. I say more money. We got a lot of money. Give it to them. Don't take it from children. Don't take it food out of people's mouths. But, you know, maybe take it out of some other things which are less valuable to humanity. And, um, you know, let's find out. Let's keep looking. Research is good. Um, and there was this amazing footage of it from a Navy um, fighter plane. Of this thing that looks like a UFO. Go online if you haven't seen it. Go online, look at you know, look up New York Times or government project. It's not hard to find. Um, and look at the video. Again, it's grainy, of course. Uh, th- there was a funny meme I saw on the internet that said uh, it is a picture of a UFO, and it says, and then there's you know, giant text written on the image, and it says, "Oh UFO, let me go get my worst camera." Even the, even the Navy is doing. The Navy pilots are doing. That. So. Uh, You know, don't fire up that high res uh, thing, or maybe they can't show it because they don't want people to know that they actually have much higher resolution reconnaissance video, but of us and our enemies. So it finally got to, um, I got to work on the chapter about military pilot sightings, the most compelling stories of all. And I'd like to talk about this more next time. Uh, Next time I bring up, uh, I get to address this, this issue. Uh, And again, tell me if you want to hear more and exactly what, what specific things interest you the most. But um, there were, I mean, I was taken in, in these interviews. I didn't just say, okay, this is bogus. But eventually I did. Uh, Eventually I saw again, the inconsistencies, the power of suggestion I talked about uh, mentioned last week the Rendlesham Forest incident, which is, an, I believe, an American missile base, American Air Force, some kind of American base in the United Kingdom, and uh, they saw something in the woods one night, some mysterious lights, and they went out. and There's an audio tape. This is an amazing. You know, go online, find it, listen to the audio tape of the Rendlesham Forest incident. Uh, and there's there's a number of documentaries too. Uh, Brian Dumble some time ago, go ahead and made a in-depth documentary, which is actually pretty good I think um, about this incident and some others anyway you can hear them getting more and more worked up about what they're seeing and it evolves into they're seeing something totally inexplicable, something that's defying physics and so forth um, now eventually it's it's been explained and I'm going to talk about it. next time I'll talk about that. I don't want to give it away. See, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give you the UFO documentary sandwich. Mm, Delicious. The rind. The rind. UFO cheese wheel. (laughs) So delicious. And um, uh, semi-hard cheese. Like the evidence. And (laughs) um, semi-hard science fiction. Soft science. And (laughs) delicious. So, uh, next week I'll talk about that, the breakdown of the military reports. Uh, this, that was a journey I went on. Um, let me get back to the abductee, I'm just going to wrap up my journey. I'm going to talk to Jay and other alien abductees, so-called self-identified alien abductees out there. Go to sleep. I remember I had asked Jay... Did you take any pictures? No, you know, I couldn't. They took, me, it took us so fast. And, and I, I can't remember if you replied. Maybe I didn't say this outright. I'm saying it now. People, maybe we should all do this. Go to sleep with your phone in your pocket. Your, your smartphone that has a camera in it and a 4K video recorder and great microphones. Put it in your pocket. And dare the aliens to take it out of your pocket and demand that you take no pictures. You know? Uh, If they don't take it away from you, defy the little sign at the entrance to the UFO that says no photographs. Even if it says no flash photography, if you need to flash, flash it, baby. Get some detail in that image. And shoot video, for God's sake, if you can. And hold the camera steady. The The cameras today have incredible stabilizers in them. So l- let those do their work. Hold it steady enough. Um, and look, I'm a documentary filmmaker. If I got abducted in one of these things, not only am I going to be filming, I'm going to be interviewing. I'm going to make these people sit down, these aliens sit down and say, look, what's the deal? Tell us. Show me your beam me up. Maybe you don't want to show me all your technology. I'm going to do everything I can to push them to let me bring evidence back to humanity that this whole thing is real. Say, you know, just stop the mystery. Let's move on to the next step, aliens. This The teasing has gotten enough, you know? Teasing is like foreplay. It's meant to lead to something better. So far, all it leads to is uh, guys telling stories about getting taken into a ship and having a, a, a jock strap, like a tube sn- attached to their jock strap and sperm Yes, I said it, Take, being taken And women telling stories of being impregnated And being given alien babies uh, gi- Giving birth to alien babies And the aliens taking the babies away from them And Tragic I mean, this needs to be reported Right? There's either There's both a crime and a, a wonderful thing happening here A meeting of minds A meeting of bodies Which could be a little bit more respectful That's what I'm saying so let's, let's make it You and I Let's get together Let's push Let's march um, Aliens come out of your shadow And uh, people until, they, until the aliens voluntarily do that Do your part <clears throat> Do your part uh, Next time um, Next episode uh, Mac comes away and Mac comes back in uh, Two more episodes The dogs are going crazy by the way I think aliens are Nearby coming to get me Let me hurry up and finish this <laughs> Um, uh, next week, I'm going to follow up. I'm going to tell you the stories behind the stories, getting inside the evidence of the military pilot sightings that I heard. Some of the most compelling evidence. Uh, what would have been the most compelling evidence until I got to see all the fraud footage. And um, I'm also going to tell you how I got seduced as an editor. Oh, it's so seductive into editing sequences Uh, that didn't go on the air. (laughs) Thank you very much. But uh, as I was editing, you know, as I was just beginning, I was like, oh, my God, I just without thinking edited something that has all the people telling the same stories together and and other sequences I put together. And I was like, oh, it's so easy to make these things that make it look like the story is real. There's a mystery. Everyone's telling the same story. Everyone's seeing the same image. And man as an editor that's just like mmm chocolate you gotta do it so um, more fun stories to come um, lastly I say to the aliens and I say to you I wanna meet you I really do ah oh, it'd be so cool um and, uh, the final word uh, tonight uh, tonight today this morning The time stopped at a Frozen. Uh, I lost time. I lost time uh, from my visit to the aliens in the middle of this show. Uh, my mo- my mother gets the last word. Uh, last week I mentioned how uh, she had left. A, my mother believes in a lot of things, a lot of these things, and uh, uh, had the un- misfortune to be growing up with a kid who was crazy into science and willing to debate at every turn, and still am. Yes, if you're listening, we will continue this discussion, mom um anyway she just said uh, uh I listen to your podcast not gonna I listen to your podcast and uh I think I should be paid because you're using my testimony in your story uh no I'm just kidding she says I'm just kidding but I should be I should be paid I mean I, I listen to the I'm quoting her now. I listened to the podcast and I was tickled. But maybe I should be paid. There's no payment. I don't get paid so nobody else gets paid. But aliens pay us with some evidence in our hands. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, This has been a special unusual uh, episode of What The If. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Stay tuned. At the end here I want to give a I'm going to go through the mailbag um and just give a shout out to different people um who have written. There's a lot of people that have written and and I wanna respond to you and say hey and so if you're one of these people or you wanna know what's what is the what the if community which is now many, many 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 thousands large um and global, um uh, some of what people are saying. S- stay tuned after the uh the end theme song. We're gonna come back and we're gonna do that. Um, If not, if you got to go, if you got, uh, you just woke up and you're on the ramp of a UFO that's flying away and you forgot to take a picture, go do that. And I will see you. I always say that. See, something's wrong with me. I will talk to you and I look forward to hearing from you. Um, feedback at whattheif.com. On Twitter, it's whattheifshow. The The website is whattheif.com if you can go to iTunes and leave us a review, that's awesome. If you use some other pod catcher service like stitcher or whatever, um, leave us a review there. If you can pod I think is another one. And, um, also by the way, a big shout out to Marco Arment, um, Marco Arment and his fantastic pod app by podcasting, listening app overcast. It's the one I've been using forever. Um, and, uh, Boy, we've been getting just tons of fans from Overcast, um, which is wonderful. So I appreciate that. And um, I leave you with one big question: What the? I wish Matt were here so that he could say if, 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 Welcome to the What The If Mailbag. We don't actually get mail anymore, and we definitely don't put it in a bag, but it's a great expression, and everyone seems to still use it. Um, Reader mail, listener mail, uh, tweets, basically tweets. Most of this comes from Twitter, a little bit from email. Um, Thank you for staying tuned, and uh, hey, if you're one of these people who who I'm about to mention, I'm going to read your... Or just give a shout out to, to, and maybe mention a little bit of what you tweeted to me or emailed to me. Uh, or contact me in direct message or any other way. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm going to thank you by simply uh, responding to you now, but um, also appreciate it. And thank you all for listening, whether you've written in or not. Um, but. Uh, haven't written it, too. Uh, We, we, uh, as I've said a number of times, we don't know who's listening. I really have no idea who's listening. And it's wonderful to hear from you and and get a wide range of ideas and suggestions and fun questions and things like that. And here we go. I'm reaching into the email, data, bag, pool, hard drive, RAM. And here's the first thing. Here we are. I asked, as I mentioned, uh, this whole show is about one of the things is uh, I put a poll on Twitter, which I encourage you to respond to, by the way, if you're if you're listening while the poll is still running. Do you believe hashtag aliens are abducting people into their hashtag UFOs? Three question marks, two alien emoji, one Earth emoji and two UFO emojis. Do you believe aliens are abducting people into their UFOs? And there were four different responses you could have. Um, Richard Mann uh, Ronan uh, tweeted to say um, no. So, no, he doesn't believe in aliens. He doesn't believe aliens are abducting people into the U. But, ah, there's always a but. Richard says, no, but I know the Illuminati manipulate everything. And zombies and aliens are among us. I don't know if he's kidding. He didn't use the kidding emoji. He didn't use winky face or nothing. Uh, so, I don't know. Somebody, you know, again... There are people out there, and you're listening, and I appreciate it. I want to hear from you because I love these kind of stories. It spurs my imagination to no end. The Illuminati manipulate everything, and zombies and aliens are among us. Okay. Zombies in particular is weird because I didn't know zombies were a mystery. Maybe I don't know enough about this. But from what I can tell, when the zombies are around, you know it. Aliens, not so much. Um, Somebody responded... um, to Richard, uh, we, we have a back and forth there, uh, Queen Nom-Nom de Plume, wonderful name, uh, said to Richard and me, well, that puts a whole new slant on the word, quote, no. Because Richard said, I know the Illuminati manipulate. Agreed. Agreed. It helps to know with some back. It helps to have some backup for your no. No means no. K-N-O-W means K-N-O-W. No means no. T-shirt. Run with it. Cafe Press. Whatever. Make some money. No means no. We will do that, too. We can all do it. Different fonts. Doesn't matter. Hot Flat Earther. So we had a whole episode on the flat earth, which remains one of our most popular. And, uh, oh, I love it, too. I mean, it's a great topic. Um, if you did not hear it or if you heard it and... Want to see it in a whole new light or you, when we listen when you listen again you hear a lot more. I actually listen again sometimes and and I grasp sometimes more of what Matt was teaching um, that I didn't catch on the first time so uh Hot Flat Earther is his Twitter name. He says uh, he uses the S word. And, uh, you know, the poop, poop, I'm going to say it, poop. I don't want to get an explicit tag. because This is a family-friendly show, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit um, from some other uh, questions I got. Uh, Hot Flat Earther says, hey, what the if show? Poop. I am ridiculously drunk. And that's in all caps. Flat Earther is ridiculously drunk. Might explain the belief in the Flat Earth Theory. Um, Might also be a desire... Uh, he probably hopes that the earth is not only flat but soft for when he passes out and lands on it Um, but good luck with that hot flat earther Um, maybe maybe take a look in the mirror and think about moderation fun in moderation um Justin Richards ah Justin Richards had a really smart science question I love it Justin Justin asked um hey what the if show he says what would happen to the angle of light if it reflected off a surface that's traveling near the speed of light? Let me repeat that. What would happen to the angle of light if it reflected off? Op- rephrase a little bit. What would happen to a beam of light if it reflected off a surface that's traveling? The surface is traveling near the speed of light. So you got a surface flying almost at the speed of light. Surface is flying. Let's call it a mirror. Oh, there's a mirror flying through space. It's almost at the speed of light. Watch your head. And uh, you you shine a flashlight beam at it. And Justin asks, could it change direction like when a ball hits a moving treadmill? So I thought, no, probably not, right? I mean, it's an instantaneous thing. A light photon hits it and bounces off at the same angle, e- even though the thing is moving, it just bounces off at whatever angle it was at when it hit the surface at that time. Turns out, uh, Matt explained, that's not true. That in fact, and this is what Matt said, the light would indeed be bent. So the beam of light that's hitting a, surf- hitting a mirror that's flying through space at almost the speed of light, the light beam that hits that mirror will be bent. How bent? How bent? will depend on whether you are riding the mirror, awesome, or sitting on a nearby planet, also, not bad, um, safer. And Matt says, this is an effect called relativistic beaming. Relativistic beaming. Say that three times and use it at the next cocktail party and you will be awesome. Relativistic beaming, that's my favorite band name of the moment. Hello, Cleveland, we are relativistic beaming. Um, he, Matt could go on in more detail, he said, but Twitter is, uh, uh, limiting, obviously. Uh, Justin, if you want to know more about that, hey, let us know. Um, Susan, uh, sorry, Suzanne, Suzanne Stowe says, um, oh, she responded to a tweet I put up about, um, this awesome story in Ars Technica and, uh, and elsewhere in the news, I suppose, um, that, uh, NASA engineers have uh, contacted or still in contact with the Voyager, one of the Voyager um, satellites, probably both still, but there's one in particular he was mentioning. I can't remember if it was one or two, Voyager one or Voyager two. Um, They sent commands to it. They sent beamed commands to the Voyager to see if they could get it to do something. I think they wanted to, See if they could correct its course or give it a little nudge in a particular direction with whatever vapors of fuel it had left. Um, after sending the commands, it took 19 hours and 35 minutes for the signal to reach Voyager. 19 hours and 35 minutes. It's almost a whole day. So if you sent that, that signal out at uh, midnight, um, it'd be at 7.30 in the evening, 7.35 in the evening, that your radio signal finally reached Voyager. And then it took another, of course, as this works it took another 19 hours and 35 minutes to hear if the spacecraft responded. So um, just under 40 hours or just about 40 hours um, to get a reply. Unfortunately, a lot of times I reply with email, for instance, um, much slower than that. With phone calls, even slower than that. I apologize. Um, But hey, Voyager. Still going. And it did. It did respond. And it did do what they wanted to do. Uh, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Out there at the edge of um, transitioning from our solar system into interstellar space beyond the solar system still going with the gold record on it um now monkey has his name monkey on twitter says what the if the, what the if show why should i listen to your show i'm intrigued uh, I, i'd followed him on the twitter he says how he found out about me he says you followed me and i'm now intrigued firstly as to why the hell you followed me because if it was for mindless self-promotion that's a mark against you oh monkey But I need a damn good. So he, you know, he began this kind of politely, and then by the end he was fired up. Mm. But I, he says, I need a damn good reason to start listening. So what is it? Question mark. Uh, I only have a two-word reply to you, monkey, and that was you said. uh, Sorry, three-word reply. Four, four if you include the contraction. You said, "quote I'm now intrigued." Good enough. As far as following you, and and, and a number of you may wonder how why how did I find you? Why why is what's if show following you? Um uh on Twitter recommends people. So um just, you probably see this too. Um because of your interest in space, you know, they're they're recommending these people. Um you also follow Carl Sagan and uh, Other podcasts um, that deal with space, uh, Star Talk Radio, or whatever. Brian Cox, all kinds of different things. Awesome stuff. Um, So here are people who also are like that. Follow them. So that's what I'm doing, building a community. Um, Monkey, you should you should listen because you're intrigued. If you are listening and you're hearing this, thank you. I'm so glad uh, you got to this point in the show. (laughs) Um, And uh, I'd love to hear I'd love to hear what you think. Was it worth it? Was it worth the hell? of being, of getting a notice that you were followed by someone, um, I need a damn good reason. Hey, if you like it, you like it. That's the reason. Because it's fun. It's awesome. It'll blow your mind. Stanta O'Claws, tour guide Stan is his Twitter, Twitter handle. Stan says, Hey, what the if show? Thanks for following there we go. That, that's a, that's a nice reply. Um, that's polite. Thank you, Stan. Um, I'll watch for you. Thank you. Um, but if you're, if you're listening to the show, by the way, Stan, tour guide, Stan, awesome. I think you're in New York as well. So shout out from Brooklyn. Um, and Stan says, I'm a fan of Heinlein. He lists a bunch of, um, science fiction writers here. And, uh, I'd, I'd love to hear your favorite science fiction writers. Oh, I mean, Science fiction and science go hand in hand for me. Um, you know, as is true for so many people. Um, and here's some names he lists, some of his favorites. Tour Guide Dan says, I'm a fan of Heinlein, uh, Asimov. I met him. Ooh. So Tour Guide Dan met uh, Isaac Asimov. I also met Isaac Asimov once. Um, at a, you know, he gave a talk in Washington, D.C., uh, Dick, it just says Dick. I assume you're not calling me Dick. And this is Philip K. Dick. And I salute you. Philip K. Dick and Tour Guide Stan. Absolutely. I share that love of Philip K. Dick. Um, books are totally different from a mo- lot of movies, a lot of movies being made out of Philip K. Dick stories, which is kind of amazing and a little bit surprising because his books are pretty psychedelic and often mm, very interior a lot of inner thought and imagination and description and things like that. Um, nonetheless, amazing writer. Uh, Vonnegut, Kurt Vonnegut. Oh, another friend. Yes. Yes. I also like Kurt Vonnegut. Amazing. You met him. I did not. That's pretty, actually, I'm sorry. I didn't meet him once. i oh, sorry. I was working in a bookstore and he came and gave a talk. Um, I forgot that. Kurt Vonnegut. Fantastic. Blish, James Blish. Now that's a good one. I like James Blish. Um, I think maybe he wrote a he wrote Star Trek, right? I'm sure he wrote other things too. But I believe I may have read some of his Star Trek novels when I was a kid, if I'm getting that correct. Anderson, oh Anderson, I'm drawing a blank on who that is. Uh, McCap, also I don't know McCap. Anderson McCap, Fontana is Fontana DC Fontana the writer. Uh, she wrote for Star Trek. Um, maybe, maybe not. And he says, "My sister met her." That's awesome. Family that counts. That counts. If you, if, you, if a relative met some famous person, you met them. That that's totally cool. And Sturgeon uh, is the last one that he mentions. And uh, again, uh, Theodore Sturgeon, I believe, right? And um, I, I don't know Sturgeon's work either. I'm bereft of some of these uh, some of these great writers. Um, tell me if you're listening now, and you heard this. And you're hearing these names. Did you like these names? Send me who you like. Feedback at whattheif.com or what the if show on Twitter. Um, also, by the way, we're on Facebook. Um, if you're on Facebook, too, if you're one of the 700 billion special people on Facebook, um, look for whattheif. Uh, it's, it's just a page called what the If. That's our show uh, page. All our episodes are there, by the way, on whattheif.com, the website. You can also hear all our episodes, but on the Facebook page as well. I always post there. And and you can have, I mean, one cool thing about the Facebook pages is it's a good place to have conversations about things. So that's cool. And you can share stuff, obviously. Um, share stuff that we, you know, take stuff that we put in and share it with your friends or share stuff with us. Both ways. That's great. Facebook. Try it. Um, now, Royal Savage 54, at Royal Savage 54, there are 53 other Royal Savages, I guess. Um, says, uh, as he's responding to, I, 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 post, I post a lot of science news that I come across, some stuff that's just cool. If I think it's cool, it's like, boom, I post it, and I share it. Hey, take a look at this. Um, New York Times Science is a great source of stories, the New York Times Science section often Dennis Overby um, and some others, great writers. Um, anyway, the, the New York Times Science had a story. It said, we may not be able to explore the galaxy, but in the fullness of time, the galaxy will come to us. Mm-hmm. And Royal Savage 54 jumps right to the apocalyptic and says, I hope it's not in the form of a planetary-sized asteroid on a collision course with us, a definite ELE, end-of-life event. I assume that means, or just ELE. Run for your lives. I like that expression, uh, that acronym. Planetary-sized asteroid. I like that. Now, (laughs) the question is, planetary-sized asteroid would be a planet, wouldn't it? Maybe not. I mean, we know there's a lot of dispute about what planets are. Hashtag Pluto. Hashtag send the love. Um, Nick Henham says, um, oh, okay, this was cool. So, listening to our, he's responding to our uh, Flat Earth episode. Um, Safety Not Guaranteed is the title. And uh, he sent something very interesting. I thought this was kind of cool. It's an image, and I don't know who made this illustration, but um it's, an, it's called flat lunar phase. Anyway, it, it shows, I think what it's showing is, if the Earth were flat and there were a lunar um, eclipse, that's when the Earth is in between the moon and the sun. And the Earth, Basically, if you're on the moon, you would see the Earth blocking the sun. But if you're on Earth, cool lunar, right? You see a lunar eclipse, you see the, the moon in the sky, it gets darker and darker and darker as the Earth blocks out the sun on it. And eventually it goes uh, totally dark or kind of reddish um, because the moon goes completely into the shadow of the Earth because the Earth is round and huge and blocks the entire moon. Well, if the Earth were flat, (laughs) uh, this illustration that Nick sent shows uh, basically like a slice, just like a horizontal rectangular shadow uh, or kind of long, 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 long oval shadow going across the moon. The flat earth, just making a slice across the moon. That's what it would look like. <laughs> that's a pretty cool image. Um, Crunchy Cameltopia. Uh, she writes, um, I believe it's a based on her photo. Uh, I'm currently downloading all the episodes, of What The If Show, and I plan to listen during my runs. So that's Awesome. I'd love to know, what what are you doing when you're listening? Are you, you know, I I listen to podcasts when I'm taking a walk or biking, um, riding the subway, all those in transit things, definitely. I also listen at home. And um, so Crunchy Cameltopia listens during her runs. And I apologize. uh, I didn't mean to. uh, See, here's here's how much I know about running, which I don't do. Thank you. Um, I said, great. Let us know what you think and enjoy running. And, uh, and I did a waving emoji. I love emojis. And she replied, quote, enjoy, quote. <laughs> Which I'm assuming she's saying, you don't know anything about running and it's not enjoyable, but I would do it anyway. I salute you, Crunchy Cameltopia. Next up, billions of, this is the name, billions of billions of blue bistro. Try it again, billions. This is, I'm starting again. Three, two, billions of billions. No, that's not even right. Three, two, billions of bilious blue blistering barnacles. Alternate take. Three, two, billions of bilious blue blistering barnacles. I mean, that's that's his name. It's a good one. I didn't know you could use that many characters in your Twitter name. He says... uh To everybody, he shouts to the world, if you are a curious individual and not listening to What the If podcast, you're missing out. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, thank you so much, Billions of billious blue, blistering barnacles. I'll get it right sometime. Thank you very much for that. Um, I hope everyone who's listening feels that way, too. If you're a curious individual and you're not listening to this podcast, but you are now, so you're cool. But you could feel free to tell everybody else that you know, if who are also curious individuals. By by which I'm assuming he means, and by which I mean, your friends are curious about things, not that they are curious individuals, like weird. But hey, we'll, weirdos bring them, whatever. If they if, if they like saying what the if and asking fun questions, and bring them. Um, thank you much. Thank you very much, Billions, Janelle. Also, sing some praises, for which we're very appreciative. Um, What the if is good? Oh, someone, someone, I think a friend or some Twitter follower of hers, someone on Twitter was saying, I need podcasts, recommend podcasts. And Janelle, um, who also loves coffee, her name is Jay Loves Coffee, that's the handle, um, says, what the if is good? It has science, history, and some literature, dot, dot, dot. Yes, indeed. Thank you for listening, and thank you for singing our praises, and thank you for helping other people learn about the show. Earl Green says, dropping <laughs> at what-the-if show, I'm dropping it gingerly, meaning the, um, the podcast, dropping it gingerly into my phone's podcast directory right now so it doesn't explode or anything. Good. Thank you for treating this properly. Um, no smoking around this thing either dang blows up real good and he says let's give this a go earl i i hope it didn't blow up on you but i did hope i do hope it blew up in your mind and i'd love to know what you think i hope you enjoyed the intellectual shrapnel um earl also mentioned it another time so maybe he finally started tuning in i don't know let me know at logbook guy is your handle. Um, He says, what the if show, it, it'd also help if they follow through with the plan to put a microphone on future missions. Oh, I I, I was uh, having a conversation on Twitter with uh, maybe some NASA people um, and talking about how I've always wished uh, that, that we could get, and I look forward to the day where we can get high definition, full speed video from space. Like, we still don't have that. Um, we get individual frames. I mean, hey, uh, a low resolution, full, full speed video. Uh, I just think it'd be really cool. I understand like, look, they couldn't do it till now or for whatever reason, science, other things took priority, power, etc. Nonetheless, I do believe that when we get that, people are already interested in space. There's, there's no shortage of people that are interested in space, but we could always use a lot more. And our space explorations... Both NASA and, and other countries around the world, um, that when they start delivering full speed and high resolution, if it can be, um, video, as well as with sound if they're in a place where there could be sound, um, which would only be in some kind of atmosphere that's thick enough to make sound. but um, that is going to that is going to change everything that that's just going to be another leap forward in terms of people beginning to grasp the true perspective of things and and, and being able to enjoy and um, the wonder of the universe and get excited about exploration and supporting it, which I think is good. So he, he mentions uh, it would also help if they follow through with the plan, which uh, Carl Sagan, I believe, was the one who, as with so many things, pushed this plan, that JPL on, on their Mars landers, um, they were going to have a microphone. On one of their missions, and at the last minute, it got scrapped. It might have been Curiosity or one of the more recent Mars rovers, I think. Uh, anyway, um, he, Earl is saying it would help if they could follow through with that plan and put a microphone on future missions, so Mars Mars can be so mo, so we Mars can be heard. He says so we can hear Mars. I'm not sure if the wind is thick enough. I'm not sure if the air is thick enough on Mars to make wind. But if Carl Sagan was suggesting putting a microphone on there, it must be maybe a certain sensitivity he could put on there. Um, the combined effect of video and audio, he says, would be magnificent. I agree. Let's do it. Um, you know. Elon Musk. All hell. Lord Elon he of space and, uh, cars and whatnot and PayPal. Um, man, if, and when he gets some, uh, craft to Mars, there's going to be fantastic videos. The SpaceX, <laughs> the, the production value of the SpaceX, um, launch broadcasts, uh, is fantastic. And, uh, and the video, yeah, anyway, he, he understands. Cool. Um, uh, and maybe also he's, he's okay with blowing money left and right uh, to, to help people appreciate what he does. It's cool. Jacob Riley and Eric Conrad, two separate people, both asked about, is the show appropriate for children or youngsters? Um, Jacob said, is your show more adult-friendly or more all ages? Eric said, is it truly for any age? My son is nine and has a passion for science. Uh, I I can't emphasize enough how happy I would be if young people, anybody, you know, young of mind, but especially young people um, found the show interesting and valuable and it furthered their fed and increased their excitement for, for science and space is kind of a lot of what we talk about, obviously space, cosmology, physics, um, astronomy all that side of it, uh, biology occasionally. Um, so I, I think any, you know, when, when I was younger, I, I listened to and read books that were above my (laughs) full ability to understand, but I could follow you know and, and anyway it was just diving in was fantastic i didn't have to f- get or being able to grasp every single thing that was being said um probably took a long time and i still am hardly there, <laughs> barely there if if there at all you hear me ooh, you hear me uh talk to matt and have him just explain things to me um i'm still very much that same kid so i think anyone who listens to this too hopefully are you you know what what, what books by the way what scientists what, what things inspired you is a Kid, what, what, you know, if this is something that's been a lifelong passion, tell me what, uh, what is it that you've loved your whole life, um, in this area? Feedback at whattheif.com. That was the email and on Twitter, show. So, yes, I, obviously you heard me, uh, instead of, uh, swear words, I'll throw in emojis if I can, uh, bring the kids, tell them, and, uh, if, if there are any young people listening, hey. Down, you know, let's hear from you and ask questions. Uh, kids have the best questions by far—the <laughs> best questions. In um, in contrast, Reg Boyle says, Reg Boyle writes and says, "I do not read or support sci-fi. It is fiction disguised as science." To which I say, WTF. And I don't mean WTF. I mean WTF, Reg. What's the slam? I do not read or support sci-fi. Now, is this a joke? Maybe it's a joke. His uh, Reg, your your um, avatar, your profile photo is a koala bear, which I think is adorable, and it's very maybe this is a joke. But it's a weird thing. Again, no emoji indicating sarcasm. So I don't know. It is fiction disguised. Science sci-fi is fiction disguised as science. I, first, when I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, duh, it's in the name. And then I was like, no, fiction disguised as science? Fiction is in the, <laughs> is in the, the phi is for, fi-. yeah, you know, Reg, you know, my dear listener, you know. Um, One quick note, and I'm interested in people's feelings about this, sci-fi, the term sci-fi, when I was growing up, I don't know if it's still true or people still talk about this at all, if anybody cares, but pe- people get fired up about the pronunciation of gif or jif. Um, sci-fi was something that um, we who, as I was a kid, would say, we who read science fiction books, opposed to the movies or comic books, uh, but the books, books, the novels and you know, so forth, C. Clark, Stephen Baxter... Etc., Asimov. Um, Did not like the term sci fi. That was for movies or that was for people who just like the norms, people who didn't get it, for your parents. You like that sci fi. Um, We would say science fiction. Thank you very much. Or we would say SF. Um, Usually you didn't say SF out loud, but that would be when you would write, you would say, you would use the two letters SF, not sci fi doesn't seem to be as big a deal anymore, but I'm always conscious of it when I see it written. Reg, I don't know what to tell you. I don't, he says, I don't read or support sci-fi. It's fiction disguised as science. Yeah, there's just no way to respond to that. But if you're listening to the show, you are on, Reg, you rock. Thank you for listening and thank you for sharing. I want to hear controversial ideas. I want to hear ideas that, that rattle me and cause me to think. That's very important, actually. Um, Question everything. I post a lot of pictures of NASA. (laughs) That NASA, sorry, a lot lot of uh, NASA shares a lot of pictures on Twitter, and I retweet them um, when I see a particularly awesome one. And uh, Kelly Rust, uh, she writes. uh, She has a great handle at Sunshine Sweetly. At Sunshine Sweetly. I mean, there's if anything counteracts the the bitter taste of Reg Boyle and his anti-sci-fi screed. Um, It's someone named Sunshine Sweetly, and Sunshine Sweetly, Kelly Rust, says, I so love all the NASA pictures. We are very alike in that. Yes, indeed, Kelly, and I know that the, um, of the tweets, those are among the most popular uh, sometimes. Uh, So I'm happy to share those, and yeah, awesome. Bring it. Thank you for listening. uh, If you're listening, uh, and you're hearing this. Uh, thank you. Hope you enjoy the show, as well. Um, and go talk to that guy, Reg. Always on. That's his name. Always on. Says, "What the if is a really what the if? That's a really clever title." Thank you. So another positive word from somebody. John Michael May is at John Michael May. Says. What if? That's a really clever title. Speculative fiction typically starts by asking, what if? So a show that's based on that, riffs on that mandate. Hmm. So a show that base, uh, show that's based on that and riffs on that mandate. Uh, is spot on. Spot on is one of my favorite phrases. Perhaps you are a Brit, John Michael May. If so, thank you. And I hope you're listening and enjoying the show. Let us know. And finally, uh, <laughs> there's a we- <laughs> totally weird Twitter account. There's actually a couple, uh, two or three of them. I don't know if it's an artist running this or <laughs> what it is. It's pretty awesome. Um, one of them, it, there's a trio of them, but one of them is called Suit Sat Adrift, as in space suit. Uh, a satellite i don't know it's basically a space suit adrift it's a it's the idea is that there's a space suit just floating around in space got lost and it tweets and uh sometimes they're sad there's a very melancholy tone about it and uh, the only thing the e the, and the, the two other ones that are uh similar there's other weird objects floating in space and they tweet and i think they're all the same person um running this account uh they're kind of weird and, and they tweet a lot, so oh, I had to. I'm afraid I had to unfollow it or whatever, but it's clogging my mentions. But just as an example, there's a picture of the spacesuit floating around space, and they, they they tweet directly to you. So a spacesuit floating in space tweeted to me, tweeted to our show, tweeted to the show. So we have uh, we have many friends of the show. If you're listening, I hope you're a friend of the show. I consider you a friend of the show, and. We, another one of our more eccentric friends is a spacesuit floating in space and abandoned. And uh, that spacesuit tweets and says, "Hey, at what the if show? The astronauts and I were a team. I was their skin. They were my heart. It just that's lovely and sad and weird. And, what the if, man? A spacesuit if it, tweet." thoughts pretty again I want to thank you for listening Um, coming up on the end of the year here if you're listening at this particular time when we're publishing this if you're listening later then eventually it's coming up at the end of the year no matter when you're listening to this but uh, for those of you who are listening now um, uh, at the end of the year in holiday time um, I hope you're enjoying all the holidays that are happening both yours and those that are meant for other people love them all have fun. It's just more food, more cake, more flowers, more fun, more vacation time. Um, and, and I hope you're getting to spend time with people you want to spend time with. And I hope you're getting to uh, be free of other people you don't want to spend time with. Um, you know, it's, that's what the holidays are about. <laughs> Celebrating love and uh, staying positive. If there's people who aren't positive, don't spend time with them. Um, love your suit if you're not an astronaut just love this one thing we've learned today love your suit because they have feelings apparently they tweet about it and they say the suit thinks of itself as yours as your skin and thinks of you as its heart it's wonderful um i love doing the show i love being able to communicate with you guys um say say hey back in whatever form you like um what The If Show on Twitter feedback at whattheif.com email whattheif.com is the website uh, on Facebook what the if and uh, you don't remember any of this stuff just Google it and uh, leave us reviews wide and far and as many stars okay. um, happy new year to everybody um, have a wonderful one and I will see you on the other side we will talk more about The secrets behind military pilots sightings of UFOs and more on What The It.